Patterson with me is... I'm Sean McGurr, and I am on break. Yes, in more yes. ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right today. <sighs> I'm so glad we're at, we're at, at the... Uh, it's not really a halfway point, but it's the... It's almost a halfway point through the school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of... It kind of feels that way, even though there's another month before the actual halfway point. Okay, all right, all right. So there I is. was enjoying the day until just right about now. now. <laughs> uh, that's just the way it goes. Yep, that's true. So but I'm glad to be here with you because I think we got some Absolutely. easy stuff today. Absolutely. Uh, let's see now. You heard about the teacher that decided to have a, a new lesson, right? She decided to um, that she was going to have each of the kids stand up, okay. tell us the kid tell the kid name what the father does okay. spell what your father does and um you know and and then kind of explain that job to us uh-huh. said, billy you go first billy stands up and says my name's billy my father's a lawyer l a w y e r and he defends people in court teacher says very good all right benjamin Benjamin stands up. My name's Ben. He's a pharmacist. F-A-M-F-A-R-F-N. Teacher interrupts and says, Benjamin, okay, you go home and learn how to spell pharmacist. All right, Jennifer. Jennifer stands up. My name's Jennifer. My old man's a bookie. B-O-O-K-I-E. And if he was here, he'd give you nine to five odds. Benjamin ain't spelling pharmacist <laughs> by tomorrow. <laughs> oh, kids, we all know. <laughs> um, no, no, I do not know about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you heard about the teacher that asked one of her boys, can people predict the future with cards? I have not heard that one. His response, my mother can. Teacher responds, really? He says, yes. She takes one look at my report card and tells me what <laughs> happened, What will happen when my father gets home. <laughs> okay, a little, a little quiz for... Um, oh, no. A little quiz for Sean. Who designed Noah's Ark? <laughs> <laughs> um, who des- I don't know who designed Noah's Ark. <laughs> and... Ark attack. A R K I T E C. What did they wear at the Boston Tea Party? Um, uh, well, the, the feathers and and paint and 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 and, and boots. No. What, did, what did they wear at the Boston Tea Party? T-shirts. When crossing the the Delaware River, why did George Washington stand up in the boat? Um. Um, um, I don't know. Why did he? Well, you know, a lot of people think that it was to show his bravery and to be the beacon of strength. Reality, 
He's mm-hmm. afraid that if he sat down, someone would give him an order to row. <laughs> ah, an order. <laughs> uh, these are my jokes here. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> They're not even mine. I got them from somewhere else. <laughs> Which is another joke in and of itself. All right. Um, if Atlas supported the world on his shoulders, who supported Atlas? Um, um, his PLN. His PLN. You're close. Okay. His wife. Oh. <laughs> you you. What is the moral of the story about Jonah and the whale? Um. Ketchup, salt, and ketchup. You can't keep a good man down. Oh. 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 All right. Last one. Um. That was the last one. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> By the way. You know, you know the trick now. So. Yeah, I say fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. For the audience. For the audience. There was a time when he did these jokes and he put the text in white. Guess what he did this time? He put the text in white again. So, But you know what? That does, that does point out is if you're using a Promethean board and you want to hide something, yeah. You know, and you want to do kind of a reveal thing. Now, Promethean also has the reveal the reveal aspect, but you can also just put text in white on a white background. Yep. And then just highlight it to reveal the answer. So you can hide things away if you want, and then as long as you know where they are, just highlight them and they will show up. It's the old, it's old school mm-hmm. as opposed to the some of the fancy ways you can do that through Promethean. And before you write in, yes, I know they have a reveal tool and you can use containers and there's ways to make things appear. Yes, absolutely, and you should use those. But it's just one more tool in your your um, tool chest there. And by the way, if they were going to write to me and yell at me for telling me that there are better ways to do this on the Promethean board, where would they yell at me? Well, they should write to you at middleschooleducators at gmail.com. They should uh, make a comment at middleschoolmatters.com. And uh, they should uh, maybe even, you know, post something either on the Facebook or, um, or, uh, or, or you know what? We have a Twitter, Twitter. MS Matters. You know, Twitter, they could say something on Twitter. There is one other inside joke we talked about that we should probably explain. Matter of fact, I don't think we should explain it. Listen, here's an activity, folks. Go to your browser, type in middle school jokes. <laughs> for teachers. For teachers. Middle school jokes. For, do that. Middle school jokes for teachers. You type in that. Matter of fact, I think if you even type middle school jokes, I think that still works. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I know middle school joke. Middle school jokes for teachers. Yeah. We won't even tell you what will happen. You just, just do that, just and do then that. It, there's your funny for the day. And, and, and if you can figure out what it is, you, we'll, we'll, you, you get the prize. I don't know what the price is. I don't either. You get the price. Troy's buying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. All right. Um, let's see now. Let's start off with uh, some NMSA news updates. NMSA news updates. Yeah, we've got one. Um, we talked about last week how uh, Dr. Betty Edwards has resigned and left NMSA. And um, it wasn't even mentioned that, you know, like she was doing her for family reasons or she found a better job or, or a job. Um, we thought that was kind of different. Unusual. Unusual. That was the uh, unusual occurrence. Uh, and, and just as a side note here, I mean, side note, um, Dr. Pino, Santa Pino, 
uh, from NMSA has been appointed as the interim executive director. He's also heading up the search committee looking for the new executive director. The press release from NMSA reads, while National Middle School Association conducts a search for the next leader of the association, the NMSA Board of Trustees has appointed Dr. Santo Pino as interim executive director. Dr. Pino will work with the board and staff to continue to advance the work of the organization until a new leader is in place. Dr. Pino is currently a consultant for schools and districts primarily in the state of Florida and serves as an advisor to the Florida League of Middle Schools. During his career, Dr. Pino has been a principal, a district director of middle-level education in Florida and Ohio, and served as the as president of the National Middle School Association 2000-2001. Additionally, Dr. Pino is a core member of the faculty for NMSA's summer leadership institutes. The NMSA board and staff are well, pleased to welcome Dr. Santo Pino. End of press release. So, somebody who's been heavily involved with middle school and mm -hmm. with the association is going to be heading up the, uh, the organization as the interim executive director. I think that's encouraging. Um, somebody who understands the, the culture in mm -hmm. the, in the organization. So, it, you know, it's, it should be a nice, easy transition. I would hope. I yep. would so. And then you've also got some advice on how teachers can save some money. Yeah. Hey, look, um, you get your purchases in by December 31st and the IRS will let you just take 250 bucks off your taxes. Uh, I'm quoting them. I even put the link on there. I am not a tax consultant. Yeah. Uh, but uh, check it out because you may qualify things. And, and, and there, there's a kicker to it. Um, let me just. You got to have receipts, receipts, receipts. Yeah, receipts. That's what they always say. And it's not for everything. It's only for some things. If you're, and I'm quoting here, if you're an eligible educator, you conduct, can deduct up to $250 of your unreimbursed expenses, otherwise deductible trade or business expenses you paid or incurred for books, supplies, computer equipment, including rated, related software and services, other equipment, and that doesn't go into detail on what other means, and supplementary materials that you use in your classroom. For courses in health and physical education, expenses for supplies are qualified expenses only if they are related to athletics. You can deduct these expenses even if you do not itemize deductions on Form 1040 Schedule A. This deduction is for paid expenses or incurred during the tax year. Previously, these expenses were deductible only as a miscellaneous itemized deduction subject to the 2% of gross adjusted gross income limit. Ooh, I thought it was 4. Um, the deduction is claimed on either line 23 of 1040, Form 1040, or line 16 of 10 form, uh, form 1040A. You are an eligible educator if, if, for the tax year, you meet the following requirements. You taught kindergarten through grade 12 as a teacher, instructor, counselor, principal, or aide. And you worked at least 900 hours a school year in, this, in a school that provides elementary or secondary education as determined under state law. Qualified expenses that are deductible only to the extent of the amount as such ex expenses exceeds the following amounts for the tax year. The interest on, on qualified U.S. savings bonds that you excluded from, tax, from income because you paid uh, qualified higher education expenses and other legalese that I'm not going to go into right now. And this version of Insomniacs Unite. <laughs> and it gives you a, a publication link to go and check it out if you are. If you're oh, really interested. Yeah. And if you haven't spent 250 bucks by this point, you probably aren't going to. Yeah. <laughs> Coverdell Education Savings Account, and you took money out. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. Um, also, I'm, I'm continuing to read Grown Up Digital. Haven't had as much time to read because of just lots of activities at school and stuff. But um, 
some interesting points in the book and really focuses on the shift in how kids think and that there is a a difference in how kids how kids now young adults and adults um, think and read and react and one of the interesting things that that was up was how people read if you're of a certain age you probably read almost exclusively left and you're reading in English read left to right top to bottom mm-hmm. whereas if you are in your mid to early 20s I believe it was on down you read very differently you read sporadically uh, across the whole page you're looking for images first the image and then the caption and then and eventually you work into the text but that's not the first thing that you go to um and i thought that was interesting and i thought that it i think that sometimes it can cause frustration because teachers are expecting and teaching telling kids start here because that's the way they learned and kids are reacting very differently because they're used to reacting with the um media differently so um so i'll post some more when i actually finish the book um got to get some of my notes together but um um that i just thought that was a an, kind of an interesting thing to share at this point yeah it's ironic cuz we I had a history prof in college who would always try to trip us up with one question that he pulled out of the caption from the from the pictures in the text, not the actual text itself. Well, yeah, yes, that text itself. Don't I, I shouldn't have said that. But he would he would use the picture as a way to you know make sure we really read everything. And and nowadays they go to that first instead of the other. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, some things from the Twitterverse. Yeah, um, I left RM Burns uh, free tech for teachers. We can review stuff up there. Uh, it, it changes every week, so it's it's worth checking out. Uh, Brain Gym. Interesting post on Brain Gym. I don't know if you've you've played with it. You said at uh, at various places. Been a couple we, of presentations. Yep. Uh, we've um, we've had someone come in and do one. Our elementary does this. Um, they wanted the middle school to do this. Uh, we kind of felt uh, it was uh, hokey was the word that was passed around the meeting while it was going on. Um, admittedly, the lady presenting it was probably not on her game that day. Um, but now there's an article in, in the mail, this is a, a British newspaper, talking about how the British Secretary of Education is now saying there is no research supporting brain gym and that brain gym for students is pointless, no basis in science whatsoever. Uh, they said that, that it's a, basically a placebo effect. Yeah, largely the benefits you get from moving, you can get from mo- doing any movement. It doesn't have to be this crossover, hold, wave your arm, and make figure eight so- sideways in the air uh, type of thing. So it's, it's it essentially it's what Wormley said, it's movement. Get mm-hmm. up, move around, then come back to work. Get up, move around, come back to work. So brain gym doesn't have to be, maybe it's a great, maybe it's a fun way to do it, the movement thing, but it's not necessarily those specific movements that are causing the the benefits teachers are seeing if there's any benefits in the classroom so i thought that was interesting because all those all my colleagues who said this is hockey (laughs) they were right (laughs) yeah uh let's see ba bookworm change your and this is hubs but i'm assuming husband's name or your your significant other's name um in your blackberry iphone to santa claus and email him pics of your children misbehaving works i thought that was a great idea see i'm sending it to santa claus um, PC Mike, Windows Mobile on life support drops behind iPhone 
Uh, and of course, he's got reviews and whatever. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because there's a lot of students who are pulling out their iPod Touches, and they've got apps on there like graphing mm-hmm. calculators and uh, foreign language help, um, and and different things to help them in the classroom or you know with their studies that they're doing in the classroom. But I thought it was interesting that Windows Mobile's on life support. <laughs> By pound of flesh, um, and network, uh, netbook news. Google apps using Google apps. Five ways to avoid getting hacked. And I, I knew I threw that in my. I'll do that again. Um, I thought that was interesting. Five ways to keep from getting your your account um, or your 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 netbook whacked by a by a virus. Number one would be. Log into your Gmail, Google account, and associate it with a phone number. And then when it does get hacked, your machine will be sending you text messages saying, uh, somebody's trying to do this with the machine. So a notification goes to your phone, and somebody's trying to get your password. The uh, uh, suggestion number two, create a new email address. Set up the email to act as a backup and as a secondary email for your Google Apps account. Um, don't auto-forward the email, because then the whole purpose of the thing will be defeated. Uh, write it down. Write things down in old-fashioned pen and paper because that's a little harder to hack via digital hacking. Um, use things like the month and year you created your Gmail account. If you created a Gmail account by invitation, write the address of the person who first sent the invitation for Gmail. Um, email addresses of your most frequently emailed contacts. I suppose that's so you can then go back and go, oops. Uh, run a test. Log out of all your Gmail, Google accounts, start the password recovery process. This guarantees that what you set up actually works. And then check your IP address from time to time. Check it, uh, the footer your, your email and see if if you see an odd one, change your Google password immediately. Knowing IP addresses may seem too technical to some, but it's good information to know. And and for a lot of people, that is, that's, for a lot of teachers anyway, that may be just a little bit more than just what they're used to dealing with. Right. Yeah. But you, I mean, you can grab that teacher across the hall that fixes your computer every time something goes wrong and have them point it out, then you can just simply find it each time you right. want to look for it. So. Good advice, especially the part about writing it down, getting that information so that if something does happen, you can say, look, this is this is when I – it's a verification tool. So it's when you're talking just the – you know, if you could ever talk to a real human, um, trying to get it back, that would be very important. So, cool. Principles page. Here's a fun one. Uh, Salvation Army bell ringers, you'll never look at them the same. And it's that was pretty cool. Uh, this is a good. One. This is fun. Just simply fun. There's, there's no. Yep. Well, you could imagine doing this in a, in, a, in, a, in a classroom. Poor teachers teaching, and you bring in three or four other people, and you start doing things in the classroom. Then all of a sudden, boop, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I imagine it was it, pretty. It was pretty. It was, it was fun to look at, though. It is. I won't spoil it, but I, I kind of did. But take a look at it. You'll get a smile on your face. Um, here's one that I found that I want to play with some more. It's differentiate your lessons with the differentiator. And basically it walks you through. It's like Dr. Um, um, w. Silver's uh, differentiation card, except rather than doing it, flipping the card and, and flipping the card open and, and going through the different categories and picking out things, it does it digitally. You, you pick, then you pick, then you pick, and you pick, and then you come up with – then it's easier to come up with a menu of choices for students to do things to demonstrate mastery of knowledge. So I threw that in there. Uh, here's another one that's interesting and not necessarily completely all there, but is interesting. Star Wars weather. Enter your zip code to see the weather explained in Star Wars terms. You can start this you know, in your in your advisory, do this in the, in the classroom. 
Um, it is it's essentially a random word generator. It is British. You do have to be careful. I put in Detroit, for example, and I it came back and said, do you mean Detroit, Maine? Um, no, no, not that one. Uh, but the, according to this, it says, yikes, it's negative 2 Celsius. And then haze. I guess we have haze. And then the phrase that I'm supposed to use to make it uh, Star Warsy, it's like Bespin out there, or Bespin, or... Something. Yeah. Uh, fog, mist, cloud, can't see a thing. And then in really tiny print down at the bottom, it says, also, Lando is going to betray you. <laughs> so I thought that was good advice, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll be on the watch for Lando. Uh, let's see. Mark Gammon. I'm doing this now with someone, and he's retreating. Uh, Minervity. How to collaborative, collaboratively write a blog post using Google Wave? Well, this must be gold, because... I hate writing a blog post or, or, or sharing notes with, with Google Wave. So if they found a way to do it, I'm going to go take a look at that. Um, I hope it works. I don't think it will, but I hope it works. Do you know that they use Twitter at Harvard? They do. I heard rumors. I don't know if they do or not. But I do know that Scott Meach <laughs> has... Um, Came across uh, came across something from a Harvard professor, um, on and it's um, and it's basically on greatest teachers. Who would you choose? And what it is is it is a um, well. I'll just read the quick the the link that goes to it's Daniel Coyle's um, the Talent Code is the name of the blog. And it's, if you could gather six of the planet's best teachers in one place for three days, who would you choose? Would you pick uh, Raphael Esquaith, who teaches Los Angeles inner city fifth graders to perform Shakespeare? Holmes Johnson, the world's best cello teacher? Michael Sandel, whose Harvard class is so life-changing it was turned into a public television special? Hmm. Um, or Aiden Ravine, basketball's hoops whisperer, who ignites NBA players to new levels of performance. Um, it goes on to say it's not a hypothetical question. Some educators are aiming to do just that. And um, so there's a, a couple of reports there as well, and uh, a couple of comments there as well. You can check that out. But I thought it was interesting just to, the idea of, you know, can we identify the six best teachers and can we, could we bring them together kind of thing? So, and if we did, I'm sure they would all need a coat of arms. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, they would. And, and, and I need to fix some things because I, I went to the link that we posted in the notes and I thought, uh, you know, I should just, I should just try it. And it turns out, um, it ain't the link that, uh, he says it is. Okay. And as a matter of fact, it's one we've done before. When we've done the, uh, it, it was an advisor activity where you do the estimation, they put up things, you estimate, and then it tells you how far off you are, mm -hmm. which is a fun little thing to do. Um, but in one of the uh, the treasury uh, advisory activities that NMSA has in their little blue booklet with the gold cover on the front, is a build a build an advisory model. What are your different values? And you put those in a coat of arms, and then you have to build a model for your your classroom. Well. Um, there is a uh, Latin motto generator, and uh, you, you pick words. Uh, for example, um, 
knowledge. I like knowledge. And then you pick another word, select a word, uh, knowledge, um, courage. And for example, let's see, uh, let's pick one from the bottom of the list. Memory. I like that. All right. So we're going to create the model and it, oh, it's going to take a while. Oh, that's why (laughs) it moved. Um, there we go. One more word. Uh, Ciencia Fortudo and Memoria. Unfortunately, nobody speaks Latin to tell me that I'm doing that completely wrong. Um, so it's a great way to do that. Put in, and you have to pick words. It's not one that you can actually write in there like, um, you know, for middle school educators who care. I would, right. you know, that because I'd like to see what the Latin phrase is for that. Um, but it's something that you could do, and there's like five or six different ones you could do. You can do two words, three words, four words, um, and that sort of thing. So. Okay. All right. That's fun. That's fine. Let's take a look at uh, our web spotlight for this week is interactives. And this comes from learner.org slash interactives. And, of course, there will be a link in the show notes at middle, available at Middle School Matters. Um, I thought this was interesting because they have interactives for lots of different um, subject areas. Um, and some different grade levels. So they have math interactives. They have geometry 3D shapes for grades 6 through 8. Learn about three-dimensional shapes, how to calculate the their surface area and volume, as well as their mathematical properties. Um, and so it's a, a way for... Um, for kids to access this on a different, on a, you know, kind of a different level, see it a different way. Um, they talk about length, width, and height. They go through an intro. They go through a polyhedron. They talk about, and you know, they give some example of dice. Uh, die is a cube. Its faces are square. Um, you know, they do a portable DVD player. They do a soccer ball, um, and then they have surface and area volume, and then they have some separate tabs there on how it is that you can figure it out and um, kind of an explanation with it. They have some animations as well. So, you know, there's some different things you can do there. They also have language. Um, Elements of a story is grades 2 through 5. Historical and cultural context is 9 through 12. Um, Literature is 9 through 12. And spelling bee is uh, grades all. Um... Some of the things that are grade 9, though, you can probably use with a lot of your your students. Um, they have uh, history interactives. They have collapse. Explore the collapse of four ancient civilizations. Learn how archaeologists find and interpret evidence. They've listed that as grade 9 through 12. Um, but again, sometimes when they have some of these things... You take a look at it. You can get kids started on it, and um, they may do just fine with it. Uh, Middle Ages, uh, Renaissance, and they have the United States history map, which is uh, grades 5 through 8. And the history map is, uh, you know, start your journey from sea to shining sea. And they, they talk about the compass rows. They talk about legend. Um, and it's just... It's, they've got some kind of uh, some kind of neat things. They go through the different features, and you know they have some questions that kids can answer. So it's really it's very accessible, and I think f- uh, 
with some special ed support and some ELL support, it can be another way for kids to to learn about some of these things, and especially if you're looking at making up gaps. So I would suggest that you take a look at that. Are you taking a look at that? Is that why you're gone? I'm, Cause well, you're, I, <laughs> yeah, I actually thought of something while you're while you're you're gone doing that, and I forgot. A, we had a letter, and B, I found something that it's it's on the web. It's it's not a web tool per se, but I thought this would be perfect. I was hunting around, you know, doing all that shopping stuff, and and I ran across this, and I thought this is perfect. It's not very long, but it does involve some sort of financial commitment on on, on teachers' parts. I, I, I'm an exploratory teacher. I, I, I teach the on-course, which means that half of my day is spent with kids that have just come from phys ed. Yes. Yes, so the first, I get them in pairs, six, six, you know, then in seven, seven, then an eight, eight type of thing. So the, the first group that comes to me is not so bad, but the other group that comes to me after they've, yeah. So um, they, they every middle school, school kid you know, they're, they're not using the showers. They're, they're just not because... Well, it's, it's a middle school trait. It's one of those cognitive domain things. So what if you pay them to take a shower? There's a way to do it. I mean, you, you, they, you know, how do you do it so that, you know, oh, I took a shower and I'll pay? No, 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 no. Here's how you do it. You go and you get money soap. Money soap has an actual bill inside. And, um, ha, and, uh, and as they use it, then it'll, it'll reveal the, the cash and if, and apparently, I haven't read the, the, the thing very clearly because Troy's now informing me he was going to buy some for his entire phys ed department. And but it's no longer available. It's no longer available. Sorry, no longer uh, available. I will find somewhere else. So you go talk about the next one while I go find. Actually, <laughs> I, this next one is addressed to you. We did get a letter this week, and I forgot to tell you about this, so I apologize. Um, but we did. We had a question. We talked about Dropbox and some other. Uh, things on the sh- on one of our shows. I, th- I think it was last week, was it? Um, we talked about an alternative to Dropbox, right? Uh, no, we didn't talk about. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember if it was before the show or during the show. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, so let's let's put, uh, address it here just really quick. Okay. <laughs> this wasn't part of the pre-show, though, Sean. <laughs> no, this is my Christmas gift to you. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, here we go. Because. I, I've done it, but I've done something like this, but you found a better way. And I want to make, and one of our listeners asked us about Dropbox and we've talked about Dropbox. And yeah, and we, I, I will. I love Dropbox. I use Dropbox a lot. Um, and, uh, at this point I'm on the free, the free account, which means I get two gigabytes. Um, and I've told some of my teachers about it because it's just such a super simple way to move files or to keep files the same from one place to another place. Um, it is a very, um, a very rudimentary way to keep some files backed up because if you were to have a computer crash, the file is on Dropbox folder, on Dropbox folder, you still would have access to it. Um, I really, really like Dropbox a lot. And then Sean and I have used it a couple of times cause we've had some, some things that Sean has recorded and I needed to get access to to pop it into the show or to um, put, take it through the process so that it gets posted. And we just post we just we just put it up in Dropbox for me, and then I would just get it from there. So it was a way to to share things very quickly and easily. So, <clears throat> okay, now what's the what's the question? 
Um, so the question is, one of the things we found with Dropbox is that once you take something out, <laughs> it's gone. Well, that is that is one of the things. You have to understand how it works. It, it is um, where if you're sharing things, and you can control which folders you're sharing and which ones you're not. So there is, there's only one folder that, I mean, I have several folders. One of them is Middle School Matters folder, and I share mm-hmm. that one with Sean. So the the thing is though it's it's a folder and if Sean if Sean puts something in there and I take it out and Sean expects it to be there he's not mm-hmm. going to be happy with me because when I take it out it takes it out of that folder. And one of the caveats with this is you also have to kind of trust the person that you're sharing with because they can put things in there and use up all your space or they could take things out and what you weren't expecting to be to be taken out and that would be an issue. So is there a better program than Dropbox for doing stuff like this, for sharing files like this? I mean, Dropbox, don't get me wrong, Dropbox is a really great program, but is there a way to, to is there another program or is there a way to do it so that things don't, quote unquote, accidentally get removed? Okay, do we actually have a letter so that I can? Oh. Because um, what I would say well, is, I mean, my first, my my first, my gut feeling is uh, under two gigabytes, you're working with somebody that you know, mm-hmm. and you explain to them that when they take it out, it comes out. Um, that, um, then, th- then that is just a, as long as it's under two gigs, it's a fantastic way to to do this. Um, do you mind if I read the letter? You read the letter. Let me talk about money soap a little bit more because I found a link where you can actually get it. So, okay. I'm going to break your budget. Okay. All right. So Money Soap, it is available. It is around. Uh, Amazon doesn't have it, um, and the place where I found it no longer has it. But Taylor Gifts, not that we're plugging Taylor Gifts, but I guess we are, uh, does have it. Um, it's, it is on sale. Um, so, yeah, you could get that, throw that in the in the locker room, and tell the guys, hey, look, you know, pays to, and they, inside is the, the money inside is either a 1, a 5, a 10, a 20, and it, some of them, it may even be a $50 bill. So, you have to use the soap to collect the cash. Um, mom and dad, this may be a way to get your kid to wash their hands even. Oh, you know what? This, with, with the SARS and the viruses, they're going around. SARS, listen to me. With H1N1 that's going around, um, this might be a great way to get kids to, to actually wash their hands. Of course, you know there's somebody who's going to use their fingernails to dig through the, the soap to try to get the money. But, um, hey, it's worth a try. Uh, might work. You just check the bill before you know, see what's in there. Save the fifties for yourself and put the ones in there, in, in their hands. But um, money soap, money soap might be an idea. Um, you know, gifts for teachers. Uh, chocolate's good. Um, there's these giant Toblerone uh, bars that are really, really good. Uh, let's see, um, other gifts for teachers. You know what? Um, office supplies are always really good. All right, so I've sung, I've danced, a little seltzer. Um, okay. And, well, and so so here we go. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read the letter too. So is that okay? Says it's fine with me. All right, so here we go. Um, oh, that's so hey, Sean, I'm hoping you can be helpful, or Troy have Troy be helpful. I like the way you're in charge. <laughs> 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 I have a student who their disability. Yeah, Sean keeps me under in, in line here. <laughs> I have a student who due to her disability uses Dragon naturally speaking to complete her assignments for English, French, math, etc. 
She's having problems with her machine and documents are being lost. Sometimes formatting is messed up, etc. Uh, what does this have to do with you? How can you help? Well, uh, we've been after her to back her work up. Always good. Uh, that was an aside. Using a thumb drive, for example. I'm going to see if she can save stuff to Google Docs from Dragon. Um, my real need from you and Troy is a Dropbox for Dummies tutorial. Quick, down, and dirty of how it works, steps, etc. So that my student can drop the docs right into the box and then retrieve them later or have her teachers retrieve them, thus hopefully bypassing some of the current issues. I know I can find a video instruction somewhere. Don't go all L-M-G-T-F-Y. Um, I'm not that cool. I'm asking you specifically <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> if you can think of any other solutions, I'd love to know. I'm asking her see if she can save as a PDF for work submittal. As once the document is formatted into a PDF, reopening, it shouldn't be a mess with the formatting. Anyway, thanks so much for reading in this and trying to solve the problem so I can help this young lady. Okay, well, first of all, um, Jen is absolutely a brilliant and wonderful teacher. Um, because they're making some nice accommodations here, and I think she's on the right track. The advantage to Dropbox is that it is going to be um, something that is easy to use, and it is cross-platform, so it doesn't matter. She's using Dragon Natural Speaking, so whoever the, the young lady is on a PC, okay? because Dragon Naturally Speaking is only for um, PCs. So here's, here's the, the quick and down and dirty tutorial. Uh, go to Dropbox.com. And since I didn't do this on pre-show, I haven't thought this one through. But here's one of the things that you could do. If you don't have a Dropbox account already, go ahead and create a Dropbox account that you are then going to share. Um, you're going to say, well, no, okay. So you create your Dropbox account with a name in it. Um, you can do that as long as these documents are under two gigabytes. Again, I would just go with the free one. Um, you can have the young lady create a Dropbox account. She obviously has emails, um, has email because you, they, they talk about that. Um, and what it does is it creates a Dropbox in your My Documents folder by default. Now you can save it wherever you want to, but that's a good place to put it because it's probably where she's used to going to. And if you just have her get in the habit then of saving things to that Dropbox, um, you'll be okay. Again, there's going to be a two gigabyte cap on it. So you would want to um, then, oh, I'm doing a lousy job of this, Sean, because you didn't give me a chance to do this. All right, so you create the account. All right, you go into, and I'm working on my Mac, not in, on the PC right now. So you go to uh, the My Dropbox folder, and um, you are going to do a, um, you're going to right-click, you create a folder for her called Schoolwork, or whatever. You'll then right-click on it. And there should be a, I believe there's a Dropbox um, um, line there. You'll have property, you'll have open, you'll have property, you'll have all that good stuff. And one of the choices will be share this folder. And you'll go ahead and click on share this folder. And it'll open up a web, uh, a web, um, a web, a your web browser, it'll open up a web page. And it says enter the, um, 
recipient email addresses in here. So that's where you're going to enter the teacher's um, email address. And then you click share this folder and you are pretty much golden. Um, that person can go from there can work on it. So I think the Dropbox is actually a really, really good idea. What I will do is I will research this a little bit as well, and we'll try to bring this up a little bit on the, the next show too so that um, so we can do that. But getting her in the habit to save in that folder, recognizing that there's a 2 gigabyte limit so the teacher can take things out um, and, and then kind of go from there. So... Uh, um, also, uh, you have to know the kid because you could also download um, Cute PDF is just one option. It's one that I've used on the PC for the most part. And Cute PDF creates a printer, so you could have her uh, a virtual printer. You could have her use that to create PDFs, um, and so she would have to print it then save the file and then email the file that would be one option but I think you're probably right on with the Dropbox um, that would probably be the the first thing that I would look at but I will look at this a little bit and get back on the next show because I'm not sure when we're going to have the next show with Christmas coming up okay uh, so Jen we will get back to you and we uh, you know I'll try to put together an email back to Jen too so we can yeah. help her out um I, and I knew you're the perfect one for that because I haven't done anything involved nearly as involved as that. Um, I've also, while you're talking, I put a link to a screencast, so not only she but our listeners can also go and, and see how it's done, and then uh, a link to the Dropbox wiki, which contains all kinds. Of, it's a knowledge base type yeah. of uh, document. So, yeah, and you know, the the free version gives you up to two gigs. Um, if you recommend people or if you say you recommended, then that you can get your um, your that increased um, by like 250 megabytes a time. And I think you can do that two times or four times or something. So like my Dropbox is a little bit larger than two gigabytes because I've recommended it to a couple of people, a couple of my teachers, and they, they just love it. So um, it works well there. Um Let's see. We've uh, we've, <laughs> we've been talking for a while, and we haven't got to NMSA yet. So we're going to do the same session because we both went to the same session. Um, and I'm going to go first. Okay. Uh, we both went to Todd Williamson's session. He did a fantastic job of doing eight or more tech tools to blend into your classroom mm -hmm. in 30 seconds. All right, he took a little more than 30 seconds, but uh, it was very fast-paced. He did give us – he did. He had nice timing with it, though. I thought he gave us a chance to kind of experience each one of them, mm -hmm. um, but but really keep moving as well. Um, so why don't you jump in as, as we go along here and Sounds just good. kind of do this together. Um, he talked about Chatsy, which is a temporary chat room, which is free private chat used to create an engaging – Environment, the password creates the teacher, um, and the kids can post on it, and then it kind of goes away. And he said, think Twitter for a selected group of students. Yeah, and the key here is that once you're done, it's gone. Yep. Yeah, you 
can't go back reference it. I mean, it's very temporary. It's it's like RAM. Once you turn the computer off, it's gone. Um, another thing about this is that uh, if you go to the nuts and bolts in Denver, or no, the Essentials, the Essentials conference, you can hear um, uh, Todd doing some of this stuff. At, he's doing three sessions out there. So wow. we'll, pl- we'll plug in more as, as that time comes. Um, but I also put a link to the his notes on um, his, his web page. Excellent. So, but yes. chassis sounds like a great idea. Yep. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. Um, the next one I thought was really cool, and I do want to do I want to do this one, but I haven't really had a chance yet, is Extra Normal. And the tag on this was, if you can type, you can make movies. Mm-hmm. The free account allows you to create one to two character movies. Um, and it was pretty much text-based, so you didn't have to do a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, tough things with that. Um, I only have part of my notes here. Um, oh, um, and then well, he he also talked about um, the comics um, and about comics. using extra normal as doing movies, and then the tie-in with comics. Mm-hmm. And he talked about using um, make beliefs comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some trouble with that the other day. I was trying to show that to some teachers, and I had a little bit of hmm. trouble making it work at work. So I don't know if it was at work or get to the main page, couldn't get into the comics part. Um, and then he didn't talk about Toondo or ComicBrush.com, but I added those into my notes because I thought those were see also's. So I did play with Extra Normal just a little bit the other day. Um, it, it, it's not just like a regular flat comic. You have a chance to choose camera angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a place to write it in the script. Um, think uh, Alice as a simple programming language between characters. It's similar to Extra Normal, but Extra Normal is simpler than using Alice. I, don't know if, if, I haven't had a chance to play with Alice. I know he's tried it in his classroom, and, and he likes it, but if he says this is simpler and easier to do for kids, I'm gonna, I definitely take his word on this one. Um, I skipped over... And I skipped over Edmodo, too. Oh, yeah. And Edmodo is a private microblogging service. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it as a way to ask questions and have con- kids construct conversation. And then you get to grade the posts within the post. So kids sees their grade immediately on what type, what quality of post they put and in, in contributed to the conversation. I think it's a great idea. His kids are so excited about it that they got up on a Saturday morning. Um, same time zone. But they got up on a Saturday morning to do... Edmodo, go into Edmodo and chat with us um, to show us how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. You get kids motivated about something like this to get up on their own Saturday morning to do this. Middle school kids, right? Yeah, when they have a chance to go do something else. Yep. I thought that was a powerful, powerful endorsement. Pretty cool. Um, and then I also, because of the format of my notes, I also skipped over um, Animoto, which yes. um, I know you've you've done more with Animoto than I have, so... Yeah, I'm just not willing to pay the 30 bucks for it. Um, my, my, my complimentary um, educator, um, what was it, nine months, has expired. Uh, they want me to pay my 30 bucks now to, to use Animoto. It's nice. I like it. There's a couple others I want to try. Uh, I went ahead and bought... Um, uh, it's not Photo Peach. It's... Uh, oh, I'll think of it here in a minute. Um... I bought another one that I want to try, but it doesn't give me the same control over the video that uh, Animoto does. And Animoto really isn't. It's called Pulp Motion. That's it. It's got a peach in the picture. Um, Animoto, 
lets you organize things and put things in a certain way, and then it times it sort of to the music. But it picks the transitions, it picks the in and outs, it picks the how it's presented. Pulp motion, you get a little more control over how it's presented. You just don't get any help with the timing, as to you know timing things a certain way to the music. So you got to, and it's hard to kind of do that with with pulp motion. So there's some others, uh, photo peach, some other things I'm looking at to, to see about playing with. That's not to say that Animoto is not a great tool. It is a great tool, especially for, for kids where you say, all right, all I want you to do is just line up things with pictures and music, pictures and music, and put together a, a presentation, something you could use in a presentation to intro your presentation. Um, Animoto is a great tool for that. And it's, 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 it's point and click for kids. They, they can throw in some text um, screens, but it's, it's not going to be something where they're going to kill you, like death by PowerPoint, where they read their presentation to you or they read their animoto to you. Can't do that. It's got to be photo-based. The picture has to match the, the music. Your text is whatever's coming out through the music. If you've got um, words in your in your song that you're using uh, underneath the photos. So I like animoto a lot. Uh, I would be interested in seeing something out there that's free and does what animoto does. Um, otherwise, I'm going to have to talk myself into spending the the bucks to, and, and, and I like to buy things. Don't get me wrong. I, Troy will, will make do with all the free stuff. And if I like something, I'll go buy it. So if I, I'm having a hard time talking myself into Animoto, it's, I'm having a hard time talking myself into Animoto. I do like it, but I just, I'm not sure I want to pay for it. Yeah. And, and, and all people get the wrong idea. I do buy stuff, but I prefer free. (laughs) No, 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 he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah. I bought, no, I'm just teasing. (laughs) Well, free is, you know, especially in this day and age, I mean, free is better than... We're, we, were, we were joking about this beforehand. Something something came up. Oh, the the, the Mac update, was it? Um, has has software for... Uh, you buy so many, you get so many for free. And we both were, were going to jump on that because we're pre-genetically disposed to the, to the word free. Yep. Yep. So. Okay. And right. then um, also... Check tools. Well, no, but there's also net vibes. So we didn't talk about net vibes, and that's kind of cool. Sure, tabs, yeah. Um, I haven't played with this so much. I haven't either, and this one is one that I think is, you know, he's got it working, in a, and I think you have to select carefully. What net vibes does is net vibes takes RSS feeds from different places and automatically brings them in. Mm. And with me being a control freak, that's kind of an issue because you lose control over exactly what's going to appear on the NetVibe site. Now, he picks he picks sites like NASA where you're going to get you know just good information, and I think that's important. And I think it is interesting, and it's not something that I wouldn't use, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't use. But so you're creating almost your own kind of newspaper because you're getting feeds from different places. You know, you could have the weather up there, you can have you know kind of whatever you want, and. You, you could create, so if you wanted to have a science, and you know, kind of a breaking science or, um, you know, site, you could create that NetVibes mm-hmm. page that would bring in those different um, sites. So if you're familiar with RSS, it's a way to do kind of public RSS. It's kind of a way to publicize your RSS feed. So I think that's pretty cool. Then the other one that he talked about was share tabs. And um, share tabs. He started by using share tabs to show us which ones he was going mm-hmm. with. Um, and the neat thing about share tabs is it solves a simple problem. If you want to send kids to these ten web pages, 
the the problem has always been you give them these 10 different URLs, they have trouble typing them all, blah, 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 blah. They get here, and you, so you spend all your time trying to get them to go to the right ones. Share tabs, you give them one URL, they go to it, and there's 10 tabs underneath there of those 10 pages. Quick and easy to use. So, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Which one did we miss? Um, Make Belief Comics we talked about, Extra Normal, Animoto, Edmodo, Chatsy, uh, NetVibes. Those, I, and we, you know, I should mention, one of the reasons why we only have six out of the eight is because the way the NMSA scheduled the, um, the conference, all, all of the tech things being done in the conference center, in the sample classrooms, technology, digital classrooms, was they were set up so that the times started halfway through another presentation. Or in order right. to get to the digital one, you had to, if you went to another presentation, a regular one, it, when you got out, the other ones were already halfway into their presentations when you walked in. So I felt bad for Troy because there are folks that wanted to go to his session, but they were walking in halfway through. For Todd. Yeah, you know, for Todd. And, um, and the, the seventh one, by the way, is actually Wall Wisher, um, which I, I did check out and I have shared with my um, teachers, and I think Wall Wisher is pretty cool because Wall Wisher is a way of creating stickies. And um, it's a way of kind of having an online virtual literal bulletin board where you can put post-it notes up there. So, um, and then you could use that for doing mind maps and because you can move the stickies around and the kids can kind of interact with it as well. So that was the, that was the eighth one. Okay. So. It was a really good presentation. And if you get a chance to go to, I think it's essentials. I'll look it up. Um, go to it. He's got three sessions. Um, all of them are based around technology in education and using that to teach your kids. Remembering, remembering that uh, technology is not the, the be all and end all. It's, it's simply the, the vehicle that shows mastery. Um, and these are creative ways. We talk about regular relevance and relationships. This is a great way to add, add that relevance. So because it, it gives the kids a, a larger audience to show their work to. And it's perfect for, for hooking them into whatever you're trying to teach. So this can be applied in, in a great number of different areas. I think this is this was a great session. It was. It was. He did a nice job with it. Um, okay. Whew. So uh, once again, we hope that you, you will take some time to drop us a line at middleschooleducators at gmail.com. Um, head over to iTunes and uh, do a review for us. We would appreciate that. Um, we are on Twitter. We are MS Matters. Um, so you can go to twitter.com slash MS Matters. Um, and you can follow us. We follow, we tend to, we, we check people out before we follow them. Um, we follow people who are, who write about educational stuff, um, and um, so we'd, we'd love to hear from you there as well. Um, and how else? Oh, go to, the blog, go to the blog. Go over to middleschoolmatters.com and click on the little comments and make a, a witty and wonderful remark. And we'd love to see things like that. Um, 
Okay, and with that, I think we're going to have to wrap this up and call this done. We want to wish everyone the happiest of holidays, no matter which holidays that you choose to follow. Um, and we haven't scheduled next <laughs> show, but we'll see what we can do about the, the next show as well. Um, so with that, we hope to hear from you. We hope you and your families have a terrific uh, break over the next couple of weeks here. And until next week, this is Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care.